Good Morning Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It's May the 19th. Is that what that says? Uh, yeah, as you squint your eyes. Having a little bit of trouble (laughs) reading that just for a second. Uh, Today is National Emergency Medical Services for Children Day. Gotcha. Okay, I don't know. Uh, Today is also, I I wanted to give you a couple of things we could celebrate today. Uh, Today is also National Juice Slush Day. Yum. I love so, slushes. Yep, celebrate love those. Juice. Okay. Kai loves those. It is also one of Kelly's favorite days. It is <laughs> National Devil's Food Cake Day. Yes, I love celebrating this day. And if anyone has a date with the devil, <laughs> Johnny, you're awesome up your bow and hey. play your fiddle hard. Cause hell's broke Name the song. Georgia, the devil deals a card. The devil went down and if you win, you, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold. And if you lose, the, the devil, devil gets your soul. What is that he's playing? The fiddle. There you go. Congratulations. Uh, Today is also National May Ray Day. And just if we're going to pull the curtain back for a second, Kelly typically does the research on the days, right? And like the stays up there. I'm like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Like, why are we celebrating May Ray Day? I don't know. So I went back and I looked it up to see what May Ray Day was because you didn't like save that for us. Yeah. This is a day you celebrate the people named Ray. So if your name is Ray, R-A-Y, or if your name is Ray, R-A-E, people celebrate you today and they call you Ray instead of, hey, you, or hey, what's up, or hey, buddy, or hey, pal, what's up, man, what's up, girl? What's up, sport? Yeah, you can't do any of that stuff. You call them by their name, which is Ray. So today is National May Ray Day. I like it. I thought we could celebrate some of the best Rays out there. Okay. Like my good friend Sugar Ray. Every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's four bus so there's some Sugar Ray. His name is not Ray. Okay, I'm sorry I messed you up. Can you just go with it? Sure. It's National May Ray Day, <laughs> celebrating Sugar Ray. That's a good Ray. I have another good Ray. Can I give you another good Ray? One of my favorite Rays out there. Ready. Yes. Janaray. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Janaray Kramer. I got the first kiss. Now she'll get the latest. Is it weird if that's what I call her? She's got the future. Uh-huh. No. Is that weird? No. Like, what's up, Janaray? So this is my song. Why you wanna show up in a whole t shirt that I love? Why you gotta tell me that I'm looking good? Remember when she sang that song to me? I do. One of Kelly's favorite Rays. Ray Stevens. You know Ray Stevens? What about, I know you know this Ray, Ray J. Oh, Ray J. Remember him? Yeah. And then, of course, you have Ray Charles. It's May Ray Day. Georgia. The whole and what about Ray Parker Jr.? <laughs> yes. You know this what one. What a great day. I love celebrating Rays. You feel the Rays today? I do. Here we go. Ray Parker Jr. National May Ray Day. If you're a fan of Ghostbusters, let's do this thing. 
It's what we do, man. We make no sense. We never lie. We never try to tell you the show makes sense. But there's something strange in the neighborhood. Who you gonna call? you gonna call ghostbusters yeah celebrate your favorite rays today i ain't afraid of no ghosts Ugh. i ain't afraid of no ghosts what about that that's a good one can i give you another good ray this is a ray i've had a personal experience with oh well, hang on. Okay. Ray Lynn? So God made Yeah! How about that? God made girls. He stayed back and told the boys about the rock your world. And God made girls. We're friends. Oh, yeah. I have a photo proving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember. And my wife is still not happy with that one. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to the day. Welcome to Wednesday. Celebrate your favorite Rays. It's National May Ray Day. Shout out to Ray Sharp, Harrisburg, Arkansas as well. What's up? What's up, dog? Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. So the year was 1979, and the Bellamy Brothers had the number one song in country music on this day. If I said you have a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Now. If I swore you were an angel, would you treat me like the devil tonight? Yeah. If I was dying of thirst, would your flow of love come and quench me? This is everything you said to your wife, isn't it? If I said you have a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? I love this song, 1979. Now we could talk all night. About the weather Could tell you about my friends Out on the coast We could do that, I guess, if you wanted to I could ask a lot of crazy questions I just don't know about this Or ask you what I really want to know Here's what we really want to know if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Oh, y'all, he loves this song. If I swore you were an angel, would you treat me like the devil tonight? If I was dying of thirst, would you throw in love conquest me? All thirsty over here across from me. <laughs> if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it that was going to be an awkward segue, so I stopped. <laughs> now rain can fall so soft against a window. It, it's possible. The sun can shine so bright up in the sky. Yep, it can. But Daddy always told me don't make small talk. No small talk here. No small talk zone. He said, come on. It's just what I do. I say it. So if I said you have a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Come on, man. 
If I said you have a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? It was number one on this day in 1979. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Here we are. Welcome to a Wednesday morning. Glad you guys are here with us. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas. Brandon Baxter in the mornings. Gotcha gossip. You know the saying, when it rains, it pours? Yes. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, sometimes things start going bad, and the snowball effect happens, and it continues, and it spirals out of control from bad to worse, right? Yeah. It continues for Chrissy Teigen, the wife of John Legend. If you remember last week, uh, Courtney Stodden came out and said that she was bullied online back in 2011 by Chrissy Teigen. And this is before Chrissy was... You know, as famous as she is now. But anyway, so Chrissy was kind of building herself up on Twitter and she said some kind of hateful things to Courtney Stodden in some DMs. Now, Courtney at the time was 16 and married to a 50 year old guy. Mm-hmm. So Chrissy Teigen said some stuff and Courtney Stodden's basically told the world, hey, this girl's not real nice. All these corporations, all these businesses who support her need to stop supporting her. So the first one we hear about is Target. Then we hear that Macy's has dumped. Chrissy Teigen's uh, cookware line. And now we have another one. Bloomingdale's out of the Chrissy Teigen game. They say she was set to sign a contract to host these promotional events at the department store. And all of a sudden this stuff comes out and Bloomingdale's has said, oh, we are going to distance ourselves from that situation. So again, from bad to worse for Chrissy Teigen, another big, uh, big chain has dropped her cookware line. Gotcha gossip on Adam Levine. So Adam was one of the original coaches on The Voice, along with Blake Shelton, but left back in 2019 after eight years and 16 seasons on the show, and he was replaced by Gwen Stefani. Well, he's headed back to The Voice for a special performance with his band, Maroon 5. So they're going to be performing the song, Beautiful Mistakes. Beautiful mistakes I make inside my head. She's naked in my bed. So Gwen's uh, fiance, Blake Shelton, had a special moment with Adam. You know, they, they always go back and forth. They had a special moment right outside the show stage. There's a photo of them, and I love the picture because you see Adam Levine. He's a rocker. He's got on his his uh, holy jeans. He's got pink hair. And then you have Blake, and they're about the same age, and he's in a blazer with some jeans. It's just really funny how different they are. But again, Adam Levine headed back to The Voice to perform with Maroon 5. Tuesday, May 25th. I got you gossip on Jennifer Love Hewitt. You know her from movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer. She was on the show Party of Five. Uh, She's also on 911 right now. Well, Jennifer Love Hewitt is pregnant again, this time with baby number three with her husband, uh, Brian. So congratulations to her. 
She says the first person to kind of think that she might be pregnant was her five-and-a-half-year-old Atticus. Because Atticus uh, was laying in bed watching TV with his mom, and this clear blue commercial came on, which I guess is the test to check and see. And Atticus looked over and said, hey, mommy, you should order one of those in case there's a baby in your belly. Aww. And she was like, no, I just ate a bunch of food. That's what this is. (laughs) Dinner was big, and... Then uh, they realized that she was actually pregnant. It wasn't a, a deal that they were planning, but they were always welcome to a third child. So Jennifer Love Hewitt, pregnant with baby number three at the age of 42. Gotcha Gossip on Jason Derulo. Big congratulations for Jason. He's a dad now. Jason welcomed his first child, a baby boy, with his girlfriend, Jenna Frooms. And they shared several photos from the hospital room where she delivered and also when they got home. Again, it's a baby boy, but as of now, the name has not been released. So congrats to the new parents, Jason Derulo and Jenna Frooms. Savage love, did somebody, did somebody break your heart? Looking like an angel, but a savage love. That's a good one. When you kiss me, I know no doubt that baby will be making some uh, TikTok appearances. Oh, you think? I would assume that kid's going to be a little bit cute, right? Uh, yes. Wouldn't you figure mm-hmm. based on based on that yes. situation right there? And of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we got your gossip. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Let me hit a song that might sound familiar to you. What? What is it? Song does sound familiar. Three times a lady. Uh, okay, so that's one of my favorite songs. Three times a lady. Who sings that? Uh, Lionel Richie. That is a good one. Yeah, that is a great yeah, one. That is a good one. So there's a story on a guy who what? There's a dude. He's 21. He's upset. He's got a twin brother. Uh, the issue is this guy that one of the twins has just told the other brother, "Hey, I'm not coming to your wedding to be the best man." Oh. Which is kind of like, wow, how could you say that to your twin? I mean, you've been there in the womb together, born together. Shared so many things. Yeah, that whole thing. Uh, The problem is they also shared a girlfriend. Oh, now we're getting to That's the issue. So the guy, one of the guys, the guy who has refused to go to his brother's wedding, he was dating this girl. um, And then when he went off to college, he had to break up with her, right? The problem was his brother, the other twin, did not move off. (laughs) And for whatever reason, the girl started dating the twin brother, who looks exactly like the other one. She, she missed him, maybe. I guess that it was familiar. I guess it felt safe. Uh, so the issue is, is one brother, the guy who moved off, is a little bit fired up. Like, how could you go off and date my ex? You're my twin. She's my ex. So when the guy said to him, hey, will you be the best man in our wedding? He said no. Okay. Would you... Say no if that happened to you. Or would you be like, you know what? Everything happens for a reason. I'll be your best man. So my brother goes off and dates an ex. And marries her and asks you to be in the I'd give him a fist bump, dude. (laughs) Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right. So we're just about a month away from the official start of summer. I think it's like June 20th, I think. A lot of people feel like when it gets over 75 degrees, it's summer. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what the actual calendar says if the sun's out and it's warm. I noticed, uh, what day was it? Just the other day, I walked outside and it was so hot and humid. I was like, oh, Uh and we still have like 15 or or so degrees to go until we get to our warmest. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be kind of crazy. A lot of people say last summer was a bust. They didn't enjoy last summer because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. They didn't go places. So a lot of people say they plan on being more active this summer than they were last year. 
And a lot of people, when you look at like how they want to break it down, they're saying people are going to spend about an extra week outside compared to what they did last year. I can see that. More swimming, more mm-hmm. walking and running, more playing group sports, and more cycling as well. Yeah. Like a lot of people did go out and buy stuff to do stuff mm-hmm. outside. So that's kind of neat. I was also looking, if you're looking to travel this summer, the most budget-friendly U.S. destinations, and I was really shocked at what was number one. Really? Yeah, so what they did was they analyzed uh, the cost of living, they they analyzed the cost of flights, and the number of attractions, and the weather, and the safety, and all these different things, and they tried to figure out like the best spots for us to go. Number one, as far as the most affordable travel destinations, was Orlando. What? Right. Who are these people? Like, who was this, Bill Gates? I, no. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, you looked wow. at, you priced that just not yes. too long ago. Yes, It's high, right? Everything's high. Everything. Well, you might be able to afford the flight. You just can't afford to do anything when you get there. Right. So, if anybody knows how to do that trip and not go broke. Man. Because I want to do that trip with yeah. Kai, but mm-hmm. it's like, golly. Orlando's number one on the most affordable travel destinations. Here's another one. Honolulu. This someone. Is this Jeff Bezos? You got to be loaded to be able to afford all this stuff. Honolulu is number two, followed by New Orleans, which I can get. Like New Orleans. Orleans. It ain't that high. And they have all the stuff you can do. Bourbon Street. Yeah. We were uh, on Bourbon Street in the middle of the day. That time we went down there, me, Leslie, and Kai. And in the middle of the day, there comes a woman across the street. She had a jacket on. Just, oh. It wasn't buttoned, and there was nothing underneath oh. it. And she was wearing paint. Oh. And we're like, oh, maybe even during the day we don't need to yeah. be on Bourbon Street. So New Orleans, number three on the best travel destinations that are affordable. Uh, kind of rounds out with Austin, Atlanta, Salt Lake City, Tulsa, Los Angeles, Oklahoma City. And then Little Rock made the list. Well. So how about that Little Rock? The worst cities to visit as far as affordability and, I guess, fun. Lansing, Michigan. Ventura County, California, uh, Fort Myers, Florida, Portland, Maine, Allentown, Pennsylvania. But number one on the list, man, it's so affordable. We should all go together. We'll take a big group uh, group flight. That sounds great. Let's all go to Orlando because that seems like it's not going to make us go broke. Right? Man. Interesting list. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. So 61-year-old, there is a 61-year-old guy in Myrtle Beach named Fred who's been dating a 27-year-old woman for about four years. Good job, Fred. You know what? Yeah. Fist bump to Fred. All right, Fred. Well, around five months ago, they moved in together, taking the next step, and and now they're engaged. Now, he proposed to her at Walmart, which really isn't relevant. I just wanted to tell y'all that first detail. That's very sweet. Yes. Um, But their fairy tale uh, romance might be on the rocks after he came home drunk and started a fight about her not doing enough uh, for him around the house, like just favors around the house. So, um, and it ended with him throwing a bucket of urine at her. Do what? I know. Hang on. It's not clear why, but at one point, Fred kept a bucket in the house that he used to relieve himself and decided to use it as a weapon. So he was passed out when police got there. They had to wake him up and he claimed he didn't do it. But the police report describes um, his clothes as soaked in urine. No, that, oh my gosh. Right, so he's facing uh, domestic violence charges. Mm. But speaking of using a bucket of urine as a weapon, Mm -hmm. when I was six, I found out that I had this life-threatening disease and I had to cover myself in urine once a day to 
stay alive. Oh my gosh, that's awful, Kelly. I'm just lucky my brother told me about it. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. That's awesome. And there's even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthday sport today. It's Wednesday, May the 19th of 2021. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Amy Newbauer of Jonesboro at the Buckle celebrating. Happy birthday. Need some jeans. Yo, what's up? This is how I do things. <laughs> Amy Wilder of Jonesboro celebrates today. Abby George, happy birthday. Ethel Chandler is celebrating. Cindy Boyd has a birthday. Jeff Branson, happy birthday. Melissa Cobb from Corning. We have Matt Cossie. Of Jonesboro celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday. Uh, Jonathan Burks from Wynn. We have Carson Morris turning 10 today. And Avery Wallace is turning four years old today. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say... Happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. Jojo Siwa is 18 today. So happy birthday to Jojo. Yep. Sam Smith is 29 you know Sam from this song right here. Oh, won't you stay with me? Cause you're Sam Smith, 29 today. Michael Che is 38 today. He does the weekend update on SNL. Shooter, Gen- uh, Shooter Jennings is 42. That's Waylon's son. Kim Zolciak is 43, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yep. Jenny Bird. Um, Bergeron uh-huh. is 49. She was the lead singer of Ace of Base. Ace of Base. Yep. <laughs> Happy birthday today to Archie Manning, who is 72, former New Orleans Saints quarterback and father of Peyton and Eli. And happy birthday today to Dusty Hill. Oh, yeah. Who is 72. Yep. ZZ Top. That's a good one right there. I like me some ZZ Top. Dusty Hill. <laughs> That's a good one. Savon Air <laughs> ZZ Top. Oh, yeah. It's Dusty Hill's birthday today. Dennis, Texas. Little ZZ Top. Big 
moving just as fast as they can. Cause every girl's crazy about a sharp dress man. Look at me looking sharp today. My elite men's health v-neck. As always. Come on now. Happy birthday to my good friend Dusty Hill of ZZ Top who turns 72 today. Brandon Baxter in the morning. I totally did something last night that I typically don't do. And it was really neat. And Kai even said to me after the fact, he's like, Dad, this is kind of fun because we never do stuff like this. Oh, what was it? So we had a good night because Leslie was gone. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> uh, Can I take I that back? I feel uncomfortable right now. <laughs> hey, take that out of the podcast. Okay. No, but it was actually, we went out and we were going to have dinner. And I'm like, what do you want for dinner? And we decided we wanted to go to the taco truck. Which I love street tacos and there's great street tacos and there's tamales. And I haven't tried anything past that because I like that stuff. But we're there and uh, we're sitting on the back of my truck bed. We opened up the the truck. We're sitting on the tailgate waiting for our food to get done at the taco truck. And then I'm like, hey, man, do you want to eat outside? So all we did, we got our food and I turned my truck around so we weren't like facing everybody. And he and I sat in the back of my truck bed and ate our tacos and tamales. And it was a pretty night. I mean, it was really neat. What does an 11-year-old talk to his dad about? Well, one of the things he wanted to talk about was which one of the salsas was the most hot. Was it the bright red one or the green one? Oh. And he wanted to dip his tamale into the bright red one, which would have been a disaster. <laughs> was the green one like the verde? Yeah, but it was a little bit spicy, mm-hmm. but it's so good. And just the idea of the street taco things are good, too. And then, uh, you know, we were talking about that, and we were talking about what we were going to do the rest of the night because we were going to go over to me, mom, Papu's house. And then I said, Kai, let's talk about girls. <laughs> As all good dads. Who does do. that? That's what, well, I do let's that. Let's talk about girls. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you say it like that, it sounds dumb. But as a dad to an 11 year old who yeah. is embarrassed about that, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. So all you dads out there, yeah. when you're stuck for what to talk about to your, to your boys, all you have to do is say, let's talk about girls and see how that goes. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Wednesday morning. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas. This is Country Music News on Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, today we have Country Music News on Brantley Gilbert. A lot of people love Brantley Gilbert. We saw him live here and people were going nuts, mm-hmm. right? So Brantley has revealed on TikTok that he had a special guest in the studio. And it just so happened to be Jason Aldean. Here's Brantley Gilbert from TikTok. What's up, TikTokers? Y'all know we've been working on some new music. But I just cut a song with this fella. He shows Jason Aldean. What y'all think? And it's pretty cool if you go to Brantley's social media on Instagram and Jason's uh, social media as well. You'll see they were in the studio together. Mm-hmm. So imagine the sound of Brantley Gilbert combined with Jason Aldean. Of course, Brantley's had a bunch of country hits. Here we go! Never state, there's a station playing cash Willie Whaler Kelly's favorite Brantley Gilbert song. Tonight is bottoms up. 
social media post with Jason Aldean. It's up today on the Brandon Baxter in the morning blog. Got your country music on Miranda Lambert. I'm a wild child in a home and pigeon caravan in an empty kitchen bare feet on the top with my head up in the cloud. So Miranda re- released a new song and the song is a really stripped down acoustic version of a song called They've Closed Down the Honky Tonks. This is what it sounds like. Y'all they've closed Miranda Lambert. It's called They've Closed Down the Honky Tonks. And if you want to watch the performance, we have it up on the Brandon Baxter in the Morning blog. Country music news today on Old Dominion. I don't want to be a one-man band. I don't want to be a rolling stone alone. Putting miles on a run-down van. So Old Dominion has revealed they're doing a tour, a ballpark tour this summer, which is pretty cool because I've actually been to uh, the spot nearest here, which is the ballpark at Jackson in Jackson, Tennessee. So that's going to be on July the 17th. So if you want to go see Old Dominion, it's going to be a big show because it's Old Dominion live at the ballpark. And if you've gone to Nashville, mm-hmm. you've seen the ballpark yeah. on your way there. And it's a real nice park. We actually did a wrestling show back there in 2015. But it's Old Dominion in Jackson, Tennessee on July the 17th. Also appearing on that lineup is Scotty McCreary. And I need a little you time. You time. Red wine. Sipping in the moonlight. Your touch. Your skin. Your Gonna make the show even better. Old Dominion, Scotty McCreary, and Arkansas's Matt That's good, right? Find out more about the Old Dominion tour. It's called We Are Old Dominion Live from the Ballpark. You can find out more if you go to our website today on our uh, Brandon Baxter in the Morning blog. Got country music news on Nico Moon. We just trying to catch a good time, even if it takes all night. So Nico Moon is following good time with a new song. And Nico is all about, he says this song is all about having fun. And it's about putting that to the side for a minute and really just enjoying life. Yep. The song is called No Sad Songs. Here's Nico Moon.
can check out the song and the video for No Sad Songs from Nico Moon on the Brandon Baxter in the Morning blog. That's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the Morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. Joined on the phone this morning by the good doctor, Dr. Shane Spites. He is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. Dr. Spites, welcome back, man. How are you this morning? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Good. We're good. We're still trying to chase these numbers and this COVID information. And Dr. Spites has been the person really since the pandemic started that we've been able to turn to and say, hey, man, what's up? Tell us the truth. We don't want to have, uh, you know, social media influence. We don't want to have some random Google search because all of us, you know, we, for whatever reason, go to Google whenever we think something might be wrong. Uh, but you've been the guy that gives us the facts and the facts are important, aren't they? Well, yeah, I hope so. I know it's hard. It's hard for everybody to navigate this and gosh you can you can get stuck going down one one road or something like that and um it's just hard to get good information i I hate it that way but it is yeah so let's go through some of the stuff that we're seeing and just kind of get the facts on it because we like to keep people informed as what's as to what's going on Uh, i did see a story that said Mm -hmm. we've seen a rise in active cases in arkansas Uh, while a lot of people are ready to let their guard down and get back to normal and take off the mask what do you think is up with a rise in active cases so that's not really really a surprise. Here in the state of Arkansas, we're still averaging about 200 cases a day, and that's different compared to the rest of the United States. When you look around the rest of the U.S., there's still a downward trend. So a lot of states are still seeing their cases go down. Here in Arkansas, we flattened off. We flattened off there about really the 1st of April when we flattened off, and we've been kind of up and down since then. Um, there's a lot of factors around that. I mean, we saw some of this really back um, last summer, you know, really kind of early last fall. When people kind of just got lax, you know, and just didn't, you know, and the new CDC guidance that came out last week, I think probably caused some more confusion. So now you've got a lot more people that are not wearing masks. Um, And so it's not going to be a surprise if we see an uptick in cases. Mm -hmm. I don't expect a real surge in cases, though, over the spring and the summer. The, 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 The highest increase in cases will likely come this fall compared to what we're seeing right now. So let's go ahead and, and like from what you see, because you're, you go a lot of different places, much like we do. And, you know, we've had a mask on for the last year. And but it seems like when I go out and I look at people, um, I don't even think 50 percent of people are wearing masks. I think it's less than 50 percent at this point. I, I would agree with you. And that's exactly what I'm seeing as well, certainly since last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you're seeing a lot of the people that are um, and what it is, is the people that are vaccinated. They kind of felt like they still needed to to wear it for different reasons. You know, they found they, they now feel good about not wearing it because of what the CDC guidance was. Um, and of course, you had people who weren't going to wear it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, it's no surprise that we're seeing less and less mask wearing. Um, and unfortunately, you're not seeing it in areas that that you should be seeing it, which are some of these, you know, these tight areas with large numbers of people uh, with with uh, less ventilation and airflow and things like that, which the CDC still says you should be on guard for. Okay, so let, let, I want to kind of talk about that because one of the things I think that we think about, a lot of us go to big stores, it's a grocery store, tons of square footage in there, um, and a lot, of, a lot of the people in those stores aren't wearing their masks. Do you think that is, that is okay at this point? Or as you, because we do pass people, we do have to get in line near people, we are dealing with the person who's, who's checking us out. Do you think in a big place like that we're better off or should we still be a little more cautious? So grocery stores, I'll be honest with you, you're probably fine. And when we looked at that data, even back last summer and last fall, 
we didn't see those as big areas where, where it was being spread. And what we found more and more is what it boils down to is, is the amount of time that you spend in close proximity with an individual or within a closed room with an individual who is positive. Right. So if you're, if you're hanging out there in, in, your, in your radio studio for six hours with somebody who's positive, well, now your chances of getting it are very, very high as opposed to passing somebody in the grocery store or even in a checkout line. Right. So let's say, you know, at one point we were worried about, um, you know, contamination just by touching things or did the particles land on this piece of metal? I remember, you know, right off the bat in the extreme early part of the pandemic, my wife was wiping down pizza boxes and grocery store bags, all that different Mm -hmm. stuff. As we've gone through and looked at the research, was that was that an overreaction? Was that good that we were doing that or how does that look in hindsight? I'll say I'll say this. First of all, we know that it's less likely spread that way now. But we didn't know that then. Right. We didn't know what we were dealing with. So we didn't know, you know, um, how transmissible it could be. We didn't know, look, could it hang out, you know, on this, you know, like you said, this grocery store bag for three days and all of a sudden infect me two days later. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have those answers. And so it's real hard for, for science to make definitive, you know, recommendations when we, when we, it was still emerging evidence, when we were still looking at all the data that was coming in. We now know that, look, it's really low. The chance of actually catching it by a countertop, a, you know, your milk carton or things like that, you don't have to wipe down those anymore. You don't, I mean, you don't, to the level we were doing before, we were right. very vigorous about it then. Uh, we still say that, you know, just like we do in the flu season, you should wipe down so, um, hard uh, countertops and services and things like that, um, but not near what we thought it, it was going to be. Dr. Shane Spites on with us this morning. Let's talk about like, you know, when you go and you put your debit card in something and you have to enter your PIN. Uh, is that an area that, that would be of concern or is it much like just a random shelf or a countertop where it's not really as much to worry about? Um, that's, you know, when we, when we talk about the spread of a disease at all. And so let's just kind of talk about that because, yeah, we're talking about the coronavirus, but bacteria spreads that way. Other viruses, other common cold viruses, the flu viruses, a lot of those spread over some of those anyway. Mm. And so it's not a bad idea just to keep, you know, we've all kind of gotten used to this now. It's not a bad idea to keep that hand sanitizer in your car. Right. And just to be able to kind of, you know, you know, once you come in from the grocery store or what, you know, whatever you're doing to be able to kind of, you know, put a squirt there in your hand and just kind of clean your hands off. That's not a bad idea. Um, that being said, COVID-19, that's not going to be a, a big risk of spread is by using your ATM card, ATM machine, or things like that. We, um, by and large now, what we know is that COVID-19 is spread through the air, um, and it can be spread you know, for much further than six feet. Mm. And so it, really your chance of getting it is going to be in close proximity or in like an enclosed area, poorly ventilated area for a long amount of time. And so it has to do with like the square footage of the area. It has to do with the ventilation system in the area. And it has to do with the amount of time that you spend within that area with a person who's infected. That there's kind of this long calculation that you can go through, and that basically tells you what your risk are risk is. You mentioned hand sanitizer. Are all sanitizers basically the same, or are we looking for something? Because you know, for me, I'm looking for the one that probably costs the the least amount, <laughs> and, and I'm just one of those kind of bargain shoppers. But are they all the same or not? You know, you want to see on your hand sanitizers, it's the alcohol content. So you want to see that 80, 85% or so or higher alcohol content because that's really what's needed to be able to kill, you know, the bacteria and the viruses. And really what it does is it, it just 
without getting too technical, it denatures the uh, the virus or the bacteria and just kind of pulls it apart. And so that's what you want to see when you're looking at that. Early on, there were some lower, like 60%, and that that was not good at all. And so I think that I think they quickly took care of that, and now everybody has a higher standard in terms of the hand sanitizer that's alcohol based. What are we seeing with the variants, the COVID variants? Because we see, you know, <clears throat> reports on, in different states on, hey, the variant numbers are on the rise. What's happening with Arkansas as far as the variants? Yeah, so and that is a concern, and that's what we're still watching. We'll continue to watch that over the summer, and that will be the big thing in the fall in terms of what we see in terms of COVID resurgence. Um, the UK variant um, is still the, the largest um, variant that we're seeing across the country, and that's true somewhat here in Arkansas as well though we've seen an increase in the California variant here. Here in Arkansas, we're also seeing some of the Brazilian variant, and there's some other ones that really just are, <clears throat> we'll just say, less classified. What we're concerned with is we've even seen this now here in the U.S., and specifically in California, the Indian variant, the variant that's over in India that we think is causing all the trouble over there, we've got that now in the U.S. Because we're a global economy and because we still have global travelers, we're going to see a lot of these variants, and that's why people need to kind of pay attention. Oh, well, this is in Brazil. It doesn't really affect me. Yeah, likely, if it's a big outbreak in Brazil, somebody in Brazil has traveled wow. to the U.S., and it's now here. And so we have to be aware of that um, in terms of our in terms of our variants. And now we feel good about our vaccines for the most part. If we keep testing them, and Pfizer's testing right now against 30 different variants. Wow. And right now, they uh, everything is promising that That's they're cool. seeing. You mentioned the resurgence in the fall. Is that pretty much a guarantee at this point that, that this deal isn't going to be something that just goes away over the summer? Yeah, it, I hate to say that um, because um, nobody would like for everything to be back to normal more than me, I promise you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, that's probably what we're going to see. You're going to see this baseline spread like we're seeing now mm-hmm. here in the state of Arkansas, a couple hundred cases a day, and that's what we keep seeing. So it'll kind of bounce around. But we expect it to go back up in the fall. And the biggest reason is because it gets cold, people move indoors, <clears throat> the areas that they, they're in are less ventilated, and that's where the virus can spread more easily. Let's talk about the vaccines, <clears throat> because we've mentioned this over uh, mm-hmm. the last number of, of months, really, when the vaccine became a thing that everybody could go out and get, or most people could. Um, are we still kind of lagging behind the rest of the country as a state as far as the, the percentage of people vaccinated? You know, we are. There are, um, as a matter of fact, one of the things that concerns me is that um, <clears throat> vaccine distribution here in the state is probably going to shift. They're probably going to start taking vaccine from Arkansas oh, and wow. sending it to other states and other countries because we're not using it. Um, and so that's not that shouldn't surprise anybody when you hear about that. Um, we're about 32 percent, 33 percent vaccinated, fully vaccinated. <clears throat> that's still really low here in the yeah, state. Yeah. What's, um, what state is yeah, the highest? Do you, do you have any idea? I know you probably don't necessarily a, keep track. It's a, nor, it's a northern state, and I'm trying to remember because I was following that pretty regularly. The northern states are hitting like 60, almost 70 percent wow. um, in terms of their vaccination rates. Yeah. Um, and so and we started off really strong. We just we've really I think we've kind of hit a peak in terms of people wanting to be vaccinated. And we're, we're kind of seeing that now. So I want to go back to your social media because last week I was, as I was going through different stuff, I saw that you took your son to get the vaccine before school. Your son is 13. What was the decision behind that? Because I think that's going to be something that a lot of parents are going to have to think about as we kind of get ready to go through summer and fall is, is what do we do with our kids? So what was your thought process on why it was the right time? So, 
um, and obviously I, I stay in tune with a lot of the data and a lot of the research, and I was following this Pfizer vaccine as it was going through and, and as they were doing the trials on the kids. And I was looking at the numbers, and, you know, 2,100, 2,200 kids had, been, had, had gone through it, and I looked at the, um, the antibody response, and it was huge. So these kids, when you looked at the amount of antibody produced, which is what you want, you want to see a high antibody response. Right. Theirs was almost twice as high as the 16 to 25-year-old group. So they got a great response. It was yeah. a great immune response. And that's why they came out with this 100% efficacy was because it was such an amazing response. And then when you looked at the safety profile, the side effects were all really the same things that you saw in adults. It hurts where I got my injection. I may have a headache. I may feel fatigued. I may have a little bit of nausea. You know, I just may not feel good for, you know, 24 to 36 hours or so. So the, the side effect profile was the, almost the exact same. Hmm. So for us, it was kind of a no-brainer when my wife and I talked about it. And again, you got it. I mentioned this to you earlier. You got to realize what it's like around my house. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we have, we've had these conversations for the last year. And yeah. so, you know, my kids have watched, you know, I got vaccinated. Then I saw my wife get vaccinated. And then my 21-year-old got vaccinated, my 18-year-old got, you know, so everybody, for them, they're just kind of waiting, you know, it's like they're waiting their chance to right. get their vaccine um, because they understand that this is, for them, this is a move towards normal. This is a, this is feeling better about not wearing your mask. This is feeling better about going and hanging out with your friends or having them over to the house or, you know, a lot of the things that they miss, you know, that happened during the pandemic and that they don't want to see again. Do you think, though, based on the CDC, what they released last week, do you think we're rushing into this a little bit as as just a culture in general? So I'll be honest with you. I was a little surprised at that, too. I think and the more I've read, I think everybody was surprised. I think the CDC, they didn't give – there wasn't much heads up when this came out. Um, and I even reached out. I've, I've uh, stayed in contact. I've got some people at the CDC that I've got um, contacts with. And I was like, okay, guys, where'd you come up with this? Right. Um, and so they sent me some data, and I was aware of most of the data that they were using. I think they just felt that they had enough data to say that an individual who was vaccinated, the chance of them getting COVID and spreading it unknowingly to people around them was pretty low. Like, and depending on the study you read, between like 82 to 94% chance that, you, that, that you'd be covered and, and you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. There's one caveat, and what I mean by that, and I, and I don't, I try not to hang my hat on one study, sure. but there was a study that looked at individuals who've been fully vaccinated and the ability to transmit COVID. Like say, I say I've got, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated, but let's say I get sick with COVID, but I don't know it. I'm asymptomatic. Right. What's my chance of me spreading it to someone else? Right. Well, in terms of my chance is actually pretty high to spread it to a household member. Ooh. So like my wife or my kids or you know grandparents or something like that. It's actually pretty high. And so that was the one study after this kind of caught my eye that I'm kind of watching saying, hmm, we should probably should have at least warned people about that. Um, I think the CDC tried to also, they were, I hate to say this, I think they were trying to make things easier on people and said, well, maybe, you know, if we, if we say that unvaccinated or that fully vaccinated people don't have to wear masks, that will encourage people that are not vaccinated. Well, the the assumption is the unvaccinated people are wearing masks, and I don't know that I've seen (laughs) a lot of a lot of that. Right. Um, So, I think it's kind of a little bit of a mixed message. I know they caught a little flack over it, certainly first part of this week or right when it came out, the end of last week. Um, I do think it was probably. I think they should have built up to this um, before before kind of making this this uh, 
this declaration. I mean, the cat's out of the bag now, so it doesn't right, matter. Right. Um, but I think we should be should still be mindful. Certainly, when you're in in closed spaces with unvac with individuals mixing of vaccinated un, unvaccinated individuals with poor ventilation. Now, outside, it doesn't spread well at all. Right. So really, I'm not worried about the outside stuff. Um, I think we're moving into spring and summer, where here in Arkansas we spend a lot of time outside. I really don't think that matters. Um, that's why I say in the fall is when we're going to see an uptick in cases or when we expect to see an uptick. Well, and the asymptomatic spread is, a, you know, that's a legit concern for us as we deal with kind of Leslie's grandmother. Uh, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, because, you know, we've talked about the vaccines and blah, blah, blah. There's a big story kind of trending in the sports world about the New York Yankees where vaccinated players ended up testing positive for COVID. Uh, I know that there is a chance of that, but it seems kind of odd that it's a larger number of players on that one team. What do you think about that? Well, and so that's where we start getting, and I'm aware of that of that article, that's where we start getting concerned about the variant. Because really what we have been basing a lot of our information on is the, is we'll say the normal type, the normal COVID-19. When we start talking about variants, it's kind of like all bets are off because it behaves a little differently because it's genetically different. And so we may see a higher number of infections by vaccinated individuals due to a variant. That's why the vaccination rate is so important is because the more people you get vaccinated, the fewer variants exist. The variants come from people getting COVID and passing it from person to person. And as it goes from person to person, it genetically changes. And that's why it can change so much to where it can become a variant. And so the key to stopping variants is high vaccination rate. Does that make sense? No, it does. And we got to get on it. Arkansas, we are lagging behind. And again, I mean, the studies yeah. are out there for a lot of the people, and I know, and we've talked about this with you before, but there's a lot of people, the people who want to say, hey, don't go get vaccinated, who are going to say, hey, this is a new thing, nobody knows, you're just a part of a trial and all that stuff. What Dr. Spice has told us is this is technology that's been around for 30 years, and every year when you get a vaccine like a flu vaccine, they do change it. Mm-hmm. They do alter it to fit the times, and that is essentially what's happened with this COVID vaccine. Dr. Spice, there's just so much information out there that people spread. And I don't even think they know they're spreading information that's not true, but they had it passed on, and all of a sudden they, mm-hmm. they believe it all. Oh, I agree completely. I don't, I don't think for a minute that you've got a lot of people out there that are willfully. Now, there's a small percentage that are probably, but that's not, by and large, where the misinformation is coming from. Right. It's a reposting. It's a you know, retweeting of something that they don't recognize is, is bad information. I, I, don't, I don't think it's intentional by any means. Right here, you have a medical doctor who studies this every day, telling you that he and his family, even his children, have been vaccinated. Arkansas. Hello. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. Uh, he's become a great friend of ours during this entire pandemic. Dr. Shane Spites, man, as always, we appreciate your time. Brandon Kelly, appreciate you guys, too. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Right. Always good to talk to you. You too, man. Have a great morning, okay? You too. All right, Dr. Shane Spites. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. So we told you we had a big announcement coming up, and we have our guest on with us right now. Please welcome from the NEA District Fair, the Northeast Arkansas District Fair, Mitch Johnson. Mitch, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody out there today? Hey, we're good, man. And it looks like uh, we're kind of excited because we get to break some pretty exciting news. If you look back at the course of of the pandemic, we just talked to Dr. Shane Spites a few minutes ago. Our lives flipped last year. And uh, because of that flip, it 
It was fair time, and we were wondering if we were going to have a fair in Northeast Arkansas. I guess 2021 wasn't uh, the year uh, for the fair, was it? No, we, uh, you know, we waited, Brandon, as long as we could to uh, to try to put the 2020 fair on, and then you know it just became where it wasn't uh, cost effective, or you know we couldn't produce a safe uh, family fair for our patrons, so we finally just had to cancel within a couple of months of our our normal opening date. What's sad about that, too, is, you know, the fair every year, me and Leslie and Kai go out there and we ride rides and we eat the food. And it's just become something that we do. And it's always typically kind of right there near Kai's birthday. So he always wants to go to the fair. And you think about the entertainment. You think about the people who do the livestock and the people who participate inside uh, the exhibition building. A lot of people look forward to the fair. And all of a sudden, when it's just not there, um, it's a big void, I think, for Northeast Arkansas. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, it's uh, it's a family atmosphere that we provide to provide for for uh, parents, their children. I mean, it's it's just a big event, uh, another outing for for families, I guess you would say. And yeah. uh, with with the pandemic going on, it was just you know one last thing that uh, couldn't be provided as an entertainment outlet, and it was disappointing for us that we couldn't do it. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people that. As you said, look forward to the fair. It's an annual tradition for them. And, you know, even myself, I, I've been around here most of my life, and mm-hmm. I still only see certain people one time a year, and that's <laughs> during the fair. And how many years have you been involved in the Northeast Arkansas District Fair? You know, this is my 33rd year, I guess, to have some involvement within the fair. I started wow. out answering the telephone in the office. I only worked my way to where I am today. <laughs> I remember those days in the old fairgrounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Busy times for sure. So the news we get to break today is that in 2021, the Northeast Arkansas District Fair is coming back. Can you tell us anything special about like our time frame, when we can kind of earmark for our fair dates? Yeah. I mean, you know, not only is it exciting for us to be able to bring the 2021 fair back to to everyone here in Jonesboro, we uh, are actually doing some date changes. You know, for years and years, our normal fair week's always been the third week of September. Well, what we're doing this year is we're actually going to have a nine-day carnival. Oh, wow. Uh, We will open the fair uh, on Thursday, the carnival only, on Thursday, the 23rd of September. It'll be a three-day carnival run, which will run through Saturday, the 25th. Right. We will close down that Sunday and make our final uh, preparations and get our vendors in place and everything ready to open with our normal fair week, which will actually start on Monday, September 27th, and run through October 2nd. Wow. So we've actually changed. We backed our normal fair week. We actually started it on the fourth week of September this year. But, uh, you know, we're excited to bring a nine-day carnival Uh The good thing about that is we'll be able to provide two full weekends of uh, fun and entertainment. Man, that's great. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, so many of us look forward to the carnival and to go out there and all the different days. Because it seems like the fair always kind of, you know, has done special days. And this is Buddy Night and this is Dollar Day and all that. Are we going to be looking at uh, different days? Because, I mean, obviously with more carnival time, there's probably a different number of specials you get to run. Yeah, that's true. Uh, You know, on the carnival aspect, you know, we've got a new carnival vendor this year. We, you know, we'll have a new midway layout. 
And, you know, along with some of the normal daily specials that we had, we'll be doing some changes and we'll be adding some, some new specials. Uh, we'll be implementing some of those things in the, in the coming weeks to where we can get those out and uh, get everybody prepared for, for some new and exciting things. I mean, I think it's great news that we get to have the fair back in Northeast Arkansas again. And one of the things we talked to Dr. Shane Spites uh, about a few minutes ago with COVID was, hey, you know, COVID doesn't uh, really transmit nearly as easily outdoors and big open spaces. And the idea that most of the fair is going to be held outside, I think that's a great thing, man. We have something to look forward to. We can look forward to September and knowing that we're going to have normalcy back with the Northeast Arkansas District Fair. Yeah, and I think we're looking to that. We're looking forward to everybody being able to come out, and to, and we really look forward to, with the relaxation of a lot of the guidelines. You know, we'll be able to provide something that we've worked for years and years to do for the community, and so we're excited about that. And of course, you know, uh, we'll still be uh, adhering to the guidelines and and anything that comes down news wise that uh, that we need to address, and you know, we'll we'll keep it safe. Uh, as needed for everybody to come out because we want everybody to enjoy themselves and we sure don't want them to be worried about anything. No, and I can speak for, you know, we have a staff member who's on the the JCs who's always been a big supporter of the fair and and done the JC snack shack and all that stuff. Um, And and I know from just talking to her, the idea that the fair wasn't able to happen last year was kind of, I don't know, a a shot to the gut. You know, everybody was really upset about that. So, all of a sudden, 2020, the fair is coming back, and again, more of a carnival than ever before. A three-day event that kicks off on September 23rd and runs through the 25th, and then the full fair is back open on November the 27th through October the 2nd. So, Mitch, if people want to, to get information, is there a spot online that they can go ahead and get information already? Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I've just been on the uh, text messaging with our webmaster on our website uh, we should be bringing that up and putting in these new dates and uh we'll be putting updates and special announcements on that as as we get them in uh that website is neadistrictfair.com and um it's it's will be available and we'll have the dates on it and you know we'll look forward to everybody checking in with that and getting the news out to everyone Hey, man, and just know that anytime you want to come on and, and spread the new news and things that are happening and the things you're adding to the fair, you have an open invitation anytime you want to come on because we're excited the fair's coming back. Well, I appreciate that very much. And, we, you know, we appreciate you. All you guys in the media have always been a good friend and a good partner to the fair. And we're looking forward to getting back into that partnership and, and seeing everybody and just uh, getting the word out and having a good year. There you go. Mitch Johnson, the Northeast Arkansas District Fair. Hey, man, we appreciate the work you're going to put forth. I know as we get to September, your life gets uh, double busy, but we appreciate that. Hey, we appreciate you, and that's what we do it for, the community, to have a good, safe time. There you go. Have a great day, man. You too, sir. Good talking to you. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. All right, Tanya Wright joins us on the phone this morning. We're talking about uh, the Craighead County Foster Support Group. Tanya, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing well. So you know our friend Don Lair, huh? Yes, I love Don. She is great. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. So Don at Families, Inc., 
really special person and it has helped us out a whole bunch in kind of launching this uh, Breakfast Club show and, and getting it out there, providing so much good information for Northeast Arkansas. So a shout out to Don this morning. Uh, Tanya, tell me why you're involved in this uh, Craighead County Foster Support Group and why it's something that um, you know is such a, a vital need across Northeast Arkansas right now. I'm involved in this group. Nine years ago, my husband and I felt a burden on our hearts to start fostering. So we've been fostering for the last nine years. And just more recently through COVID, we had just felt like we needed to step out of our comfort zone and try to help the kids with you know, more everyday things that they need, getting them services, being there for birthdays, special events. And I reached out to Lindsay Roberts, who is in charge of the Green County Foster Group. They are a nonprofit. And so we have combined forces with them and Clay County as well, just to expand our umbrella of being able to help these kids in care. I think a lot of times in life, you know, we get busy and we get kind of uh, insulated in our own lives and we forget about needs that are out there of the community. Um, the the pure number of children in foster care in this immediate area is really staggering when you think about it. It really is, and especially the number of children that we have in care versus the open number of foster homes that we have in our immediate area. What are the? It's a very small number. Yeah. What do the numbers look like as we sit here? Uh, it is May the nineteenth of twenty twenty one. What do the numbers look like as far as uh, children in care? As of right now, in our Clay County area, we have 15 children in care and only six foster homes. Wow. In Craighead County, we have 102 children in care with only 58 open foster homes. Hmm. And in Greene County, we have 132 kids in care with only 32 open foster homes at this day. So what happens in a situation where obviously there's more kids who have needs than homes to go to? What happens at that point, to those kids who, who need somewhere to go? At that point, the DCFS workers will start calling all across the state. So a child could be living right here in Craighead County, but by the end of the night, they could be all the way across the state, you know, four, six, eight hours away from wow. where they are familiar with their school, their teachers. They, are, they could just be uprooted and moved just because we can't keep them in our areas. So there's a definite need for people to to consider opening up their homes and, and being foster homes. Yes, that is always a, a great need that we have. Um, and the way that they could do that, if they're curious just to look at information, we do have a website for the state. Mm-hmm. It's called fosterarkansas.org. Or if they're even interested in becoming adoptive parents, they can also go to adoptarkansas.org. And both of those websites can give them all the information that they need to um, get started on being an open home. So when you foster a child, um, I guess it doesn't always end in adoption. What happens? Is there a certain like term? Is there a time limit? Does the child end up going back to their original home? What is the typical situation there? Um. We always strive for the kids to be reunified with the parents. That's also what we try to do with our support groups is be supportive to those biological parents. Mm -hmm. Um, It's different for every case. Typically, you know, cases could last up to a year. Um, Sometimes kids can go home, you know, as soon as a month or two. Every situation is unique and different. But we always strive to be a support to those parents to help them you know, with whatever the needs that they have in their lives to try to get those kids back home to parents and to have their siblings all back together. 
Well, in most cases, I'm sure that's where the kids want to be. They want to be mm-hmm. back home. Even yes. if their parents are flawed, they would much rather be mm-hmm. at home in most situations. I know there could be, you know, other circumstances as well, but uh, for the most part, right. all kids want to be with their parents. I mean, that's crazy. Yes. And that's true because we are all flawed as parents, but at the end of the day, our, our kids love us fiercely. And that's mm-hmm. where we have a heart to get them back together home with mom and dad. One thing I've never really thought about, and you kind of opened my eyes to it a second ago, was, you know, I always thought about it from the perspective of support for the kids who have been, you know, taken from their homes, sometimes in the middle of the night, typically not in a situation where they want to go. I always considered support being to the kids. I've never really thought about the aspect of supporting the parents to get better. Yes, and that's a big part of it. It's hard when you first start fostering because, like you said, you focus so hard on the kids. But, you know, God changed my heart in the very beginning of it because we have to pray for those parents. We have to help be an encouragement because at the end of the day, no matter what happens in that court decision, those will always be their parents. And so we try to help them. You know, we pray for them, try to help them set up with needs. If they're getting their kids back, our um, foster support group can help them get their new house set up, you know, maybe help them with bedding or appliances. We want to be involved in the whole family support. So again, let's talk about that website one more time. If people might want to open up their homes and foster children who might, uh, you know, be in need in a time of need. Again, that website people can go to to find out more. It's fosterarkansas.org. And is there a way that we can support the group outside of of opening up our homes? Let's say maybe your house is already full. Maybe you're limited on space. Yes. Is there a way people can still support? Absolutely. We always need support. Um, Of course, any monetary donation is always accepted. But we also need support in, you know, the forms of right now we're gearing up for our Christmas in July auction. Mm -hmm. And what that is, it's a silent Facebook auction where we collect um, items from the community to be auctioned off. And we use this money to have Christmas parties for all of the kids in care. So each county we would come together, we would have a big Christmas party. They would provide gifts and entertainment, you know, to help the holidays be a little brighter for these kids. So we are accepting donations for that. Anything from crafty items, you know, if you make keychains or T-shirts or cookies, and we have people donating wreaths, gift certificates to businesses, restaurants in town. Mm -hmm. We um, are accepting all donations for that, and we would like those turned in so that we could, by the end of June, because we will host this auction July 12th through the 16th, on our Facebook page. We'll upload items at 8 a.m. You can comment through July the 16th, and then we will turn off that those comments, and the highest bidder will win gotcha. that item. So how can we find the Facebook page? You can find the Facebook page by getting on Facebook and going to Green County Foster Parents Association. All right. Hey, we appreciate the information. You have uh, opened my eyes to some new stuff that I didn't even realize um, you guys were doing. Yes, um, and like I said, if anybody has any more questions about the Christmas in July, you can also contact myself, Tanya Wright, and at 870-897-0814, and also Lindsay Roberts at 870-476-6424. Hey, Tanya, we appreciate what you're doing, and we appreciate uh, the time this morning that you gave us. Thank you guys so much. Y'all have a great day. All right, you too.
Tanya Wright joins us this morning, representing the Craighead County Foster Support Group, again, teaming up with Green and Clay County as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. He is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed, man's best friend, our best friend, and the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. Welcome back, dude. Good morning. Find out more about Dr. Reed, Vet Care Jonesboro on Facebook or vet-care.com. Hey, Doc, I had a crazy uh, wild experience where I realized that there was a bat outside of my house. And I was then told that because it was attached to our house in the middle of the day that bats are like the primary carrier of rabies uh, across Arkansas. They definitely can have um, have it can be um, you know transmitter of rabies to other mammals for sure. Yes, uh, but I never have seen a bat outside of the zoo. I've never seen one just flying around the city. Yeah, you know you usually see them at dusk, and um, you know you can you can usually identify that they're bats by when they fly. They're just kind of have this jerky motion when they fly. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes these little swift type birds uh, or swallows, um, you know, you, they may look like bats, but they're a little more graceful and elegant in their flights and they're smoother. These bats just kind of flutter and, you know, kind of herky-jerky mo- motions. See, I don't really know why I don't think about this, but are bats prevalent around Arkansas? I think they are, yeah. Um, you know, they, they do um, – I was at the cabin last weekend, and uh, we we go out a lot at dusk and and on the deck and just look up, and you know you can usually see them as the sun's setting after it's all the way down, and you know they're obviously brown or black, and so you can see them against the sky, and we saw three fly fly around, uh, you know just right at dusk, and uh, I've got actually I have two bat houses up, and uh, I've yet to have them colonize the house i'd love to because some of these houses can hold 100 bats and then it's a sight to see at dusk when they all fly out to you know to feed on insects so tell me the reason you would want to have a bat house because to me they're kind of freaky Uh, well yeah just for insects i mean you know uh up up there at the river there's not a lot of mosquitoes but there's gnats and other flying insects and you know around here a bat would be uh, very beneficial uh, at, you know, uh, ingesting mosquitoes. Oh, I didn't realize that. So, um, so would a bat make a good pet? Oh, gosh. <laughs> not, probably not, no. <laughs> okay. You know, most the bats around here are insectivores, which means they eat uh, insects. There's also some fruit-eating bats or nectar-eating bats. And, of course, the vampire bats that you hear about that actually feed on blood, like you know, in um, in South America, they, you know, usually will uh, feed on cattle blood or uh, some other mammal. And, of course, those are the ones that get, you know, depicted in horror movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, if Ace were to go outside, or German Shepherd, if he were to have gone outside and found the bat first, would the bat have tried to attack the dog? Would the dog, what, what would happen in that situation? No, the bat probably, you know, they're they're very standoffish. They're, they're not going to really attack. Now, sometimes... You know, I've had people tell me that a bat flew right into their head or something. And, you know, they use uh, a sonar-type system mm. uh, to to locate their their uh, meal, you know, the insects. 
and uh, the the bat house I have is on about a 15 to 20 foot uh, pole, and it's away from other objects. It's away from the trees uh, because as they use that echolocation type sense to come in, you know, they don't need to be confused by tree limbs or other objects in the way. So uh, I think they're pretty fascinating creatures. But, you know, it, if you see a bat during the day on the ground, you know, it's very likely it's ill because yeah. they're, they're basically nocturnal. Mm -hmm. And they will under eaves and, of houses or barns or even in the attic, they'll, you know, they'll uh, rest there, sleep there during the day. And, you know, they're usually only active at night. So it's unusual to see one during daylight hours. And if it is, it's very likely it's sick. So you should keep your pets away from them and don't get, definitely don't get bitten by them. Um, you know, skunks are probably the, the number one species in Arkansas that has, that carry rabies. But there's always, uh, every year, reports of bats that have been mm -hmm. submitted uh, for rabies examination that turn out to be positive. What else do you have for us today as, uh, you know, we always want to educate people and let people kind of know what's going on in the pet world. What else do you have? Well, you know, this time of the year, we get this complaint a lot, and we have for the last several weeks, about dogs sneezing. And, and you know, sneezing can be a you know very normal occurrence in dogs, but in certain situations, excessive sneezing could be cause for uh, concern. And just several things that can cause sneezing, um, you know, very common is play sneezing. And my dog does this, you know, when I first get home after I've been away, my dog will get real excited and, you know, start dancing around, jumping around. And then she'll just go through several episodes of sneezing, you know, and they, they can get excited like that. And, you know, it's just a, um, a sign of happiness. And uh, it's it's more of a play behavior. Um, the other common thing that we get calls about, especially this time of year, is reverse sneezing, and that's kind of interesting because it it occurs in ex and it can be from excitement uh, or irritants or inflammation. And they dogs have a sudden onset of repeated inhalation movements through their nose, and it sounds like a honking noise. And it almost seems like they're having trouble breathing. But it, even though it sounds dramatic, you know, sometimes just petting the dog, calming them down, resolves that behavior, blowing in their nose. It's just a normal protective response of the nasal passage. Instead of sneezing outward, they're snorting inward to try to clear any irritant or inflammation out. Um, this time of year, too, allergies, you know, all the pollen that's been out lately, uh, especially a few weeks ago, uh, a lot of dogs could have environmental allergies to the pollen, and you may see the upper respiratory type conditions with sneezing. In addition, they could have watery eyes, or they may, you know, have some derma, uh, dermatology conditions, too, with uh, itching. Um, another common thing we see about once or twice a year, I see this, they can have a foreign body in their nose. And a lot of times that can come from dogs, you know, they're sniffing down on the, on the ground. If the grass has just been cut, I've removed several mm -hmm. over the years blades of grass out of, you know, out of a dog's nasal passage. And, you know, you can imagine um, a long blade of grass up in one, one side of your nose, yeah. what that would feel like. And so these dogs, you know, just have uh, paroxysms of sneezing, you know, it's just almost nonstop. Um also, an infection, sometimes from a root of one of the longer, the canine tooth, if that becomes abscessed, uh, it, it can actually cause an abscess uh, and infection up in the uh, upper nasal passage. 
And uh, so if you see uh, any type of abnormal discharge that looks infected or bleeding, you know, the, the dog ought to be examined immediately then. Uh, older dogs especially can sometimes have nasal tumors. that can start out with sneezing, and then they usually end up with either a deformity in their nasal bone. They may get a lump, you know, on their uh, muzzle on top of their nose. They may have some uh, bleeding uh, or other type of, you know, infected-looking discharge. So, you know, those kind of, uh, if a dog just, you know, has a, a few episodes of sneezing and then stops and is otherwise acting fine, probably doesn't need to be seen. But any type of abnormal discharge or chronic sneezing, that that definitely needs to be investigated to try to find out the cause of it. There you go. He is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend, our best friend, and the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Find out more about vet care at vet-care.com and Vet Care Jonesboro on Facebook. And you can go see him on Parker Road right next door to the radio stations. Dr. Reed, as always, thanks, man. Hey, y'all have a great day. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. All right, Megan Brown joins us this morning from Hope Found. We've talked with her multiple times in the past about human trafficking and how that is something happening in Northeast Arkansas. Megan, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. So, you know, it's weird. We hear human trafficking, and we've talked to you about this before, but it seems like one of those deals you hear on, like, it's ABC News, Fox News, CNN. It's (laughs) one of these nationwide things, and it's happening in big cities like Chicago or (laughs) New York. And when we hear that this happens even locally across Arkansas, I think it really surprises people. Right, yes. Um, You know, the main thing to remember when it comes to human trafficking is that traffickers are looking for vulnerable populations. Um, and right there, you know, that, that's all our children. Our children are all vulnerable mm-hmm. in some form or fashion. And then, of course, there's other things that make people more vulnerable, like homelessness or, or poverty or, um, you know, maybe they have been, um, you know, have experienced some kind of trauma in their childhood or in their adult life or even substance abuse addiction. And so, of course, those are all common things that are affecting our communities. And so, that, you know, traffickers are looking for those types of people and and we have those people here in, in Northeast Arkansas. How does it happen, though? Let's say you're you're an individual who's gone through some type of hardship or there's been an issue. How do they go about finding these people and then, I, I hate to say recruiting because that's probably not the right term, but how do they get them oh, into the fold? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, they target an individual with these noticeable vulnerabilities and they can target them through a lot of a lot of times online. Um, especially when it comes to our kids through online, social media, any type of app that has a way to communicate with a person. Um, you'll find traffickers, online predators, mm. bad people, you know, with, you know, with bad intentions on there looking for ways to, to groom the person um, into a trafficking situation. They also give them false promises, so a false promise of um, a better life, a better, a better job, a better living environment, even they even, you know, promise them to um, make promises of, you know, being a uh, romantic partner. So, mm-hmm. you know, giving them that love and intention. And so they think they're entering into some kind of relationship. And then it turns, you know, into a trafficking exploitation type situation within a, a few months. 
So what is that um, – like the definition of somebody who's being trafficked, what does that involve for the person who, who has been recruited and then put into that? So human trafficking is a form of a modern-day slavery. So it's where a person is profiting from the exploitation of somebody else, and they could be exploiting them for, for commercial sex like prostitution or stripping or pornography, and that's what the sex trafficking part of it is. And then they could also be exploiting them for, for work or for labor. Um, and that is what labor trafficking is. And we, we see both of those here throughout Northeast Arkansas. So Hope Found as an organization is is coming together to basically look to educate people and let them know this happens in our community. Don't turn a blind eye to this because it could happen here and it could happen to somebody you know. Yes, absolutely. As part of our mission, we um, we seek to educate the community and raise awareness about human trafficking. So we welcome any opportunity to come in to speak to your business, to your group, to your church. Um, we've trained law enforcement, medical professionals, social service providers, educators. We really will um, we'll talk to anybody and um, present our human trafficking 101 presentation. Well, and Hope Found is also there for people who have been able to get out of that situation, who now all of a sudden need help. Hope Found is there for them, too. Yes, we um, coordinate and provide services to victims and survivors of trafficking. So if somebody has been in that situation, they, we have a helpline that they can call um, us directly, or they can, uh, of course, if it's an organization that's working with the victim, they can always refer to us. And we help with anything from immediate you know, needs, such as emergency placement, um, food, clothing, to more long-term needs, uh, providing them mentorship and support, getting them connected to a faith community. We, um, you know, refer them to mental health services, make sure their physical needs are getting met, and also help them get, um, you know, back on their feet, whether it's with a job or back into school. So in this situation, when we look at, at trafficking, is there a gender or an age that is kind of the target that we need to be extra careful about, you know, if we have kids or people around us that are a certain age or a certain gender? Right. So the majority of human trafficking victims globally are female. Um, however, traffickers will exploit anybody regardless of their gender or regardless of their age. Um, we have seen some, um, we have seen the male population become increased when it comes to um, traffickers targeting them. And then the average age of a victim of human trafficking is anywhere between 12 and 17 years oh. old. Um, but just, you know, but also to remember traffickers, it doesn't matter. They'll exploit anybody because they're looking for those vulnerabilities. So you guys have a ride coming up. It's the <clears throat> Hope Found inaugural ride against trafficking. And uh, we're a couple of weeks away from it. It's happening on June the 5th. Tell me about this ride. Yes. So this is our um, spring fundraiser. It is um, Saturday, June 5th, and it will be at the former Teletech parking lot, which is 2908 South Caraway Road in Jonesboro. Um, it, it includes a dice run, and so the bikers will start at Teletech, and we have three what we're calling traffic stops throughout the route where they will go and roll the dice, and they'll also have um, information about human trafficking at each stop, and then they will make their way back to the Teletech parking lot, and we'll um, announce the winner of the dice run. We'll have a silent auction for them. We're also partnering with the local food trucks that are in that same parking lot. Yeah. So they can go grab some food and just hang out um, and visit. 
If people want to find out more about the ride for, against human trafficking or Hope Found in general, what are the best spots they can go online to find information? They can go to our website at www.hopefoundnea.org. They can click on the events tab, and it'll take them to the event page to learn more about the, the ride. They can also contact me directly at 870-761-1098. Megan, we appreciate your time this morning, and best of luck on June the 5th. And, and the whole idea, man, that you guys are there to help people in a, a very vulnerable situation uh, we just appreciate you getting out there, and you're, I know you're working hard to get the word out and to get awareness out, and uh, we thank you for <clears throat> giving us time this morning to explain it. Yes, well, thank you all so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So if you go back and check out today's Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, we go through the bat situation. We detail the fact that I found a bat at my house, and it was kind of weird, and Dr. Reed tells us why they can be good. Yeah. Why we should have left it, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We also, speaking of doctors, talked to Dr. Shane Spites, and we talked all about COVID, and we talked about the variants. Uh, And again, this is a fresh take on what we've seen with the mask guidelines being lifted and just, you know, how things change. And uh, was it too soon to tell people not to wear the masks? Where does Arkansas rank as far as vaccinations? Because unfortunately... It's not as good as a lot of places. Uh, And Dr. Spites actually took his son to get vaccinated Mm -hmm. before school last week. And we talked through the process of why he did that and the research and the vaccine. And are we just uh, basically test subjects if you have the vaccine? All of that on the podcast today, the Brandon Baxter in the Morning podcast, which is available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry. What's on TV tonight? Lots of stuff. We have The Masked Singer. Kids say the darndest things. The eighth season finale of The Goldbergs. The season finale of Home Economics. Game of Talents is on tonight. The third finale of The Connors. The first season finale of Call Your Mother. Tonight's schedule also includes Chicago Med, Nancy Drew, SEAL Team, Chicago Fire, A Million Little Things, SWAT, and Chicago PD. Also... What? Blake Shelton will be with Jimmy Fallon. You can make a six pack on the carpet, taste like a million dollar bill. You can make a one bedroom apartment feel like a house up on a hill. You can make Blake Shelton on Fallon tonight. Hope you guys have a great day. And we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the morning.